0: Welcome y'all. I absolutely love you. I'm so excited every time I get to be here last week of the semester. Who's ready for a break? Yes. Well, I appreciate you taking time to be here tonight, even after you heard it was going to be me. Makes me feel good. Thank you. Uh, Tonight our message is called Get Over Yourself, and we're going to talk about the sin of pride. And the sin of pride is a sneaky one, because it's dangerous It's destructive, and it's really, really hard to detect in ourselves. Like, you know when you lust. You know when you lie. You know when you gossip. You know when you kill someone, right? You're aware. But it's hard to look in the mirror and see pride in yourself, so it's dangerous, and it's hard to detect. So tonight what I want to talk to you about is the different ways that pride manifests itself in our lives— and how we obtain freedom from its destructive power. So the first way that God—or man- not God, sorry— pride manis- manifests itself in our lives is when we exalt ourselves above others. We look at others, we see the way that they live, the things that they say, we watch what they do, and we decide that we are better than them. Or at least I'm not as bad as them. Has that ever happened to anyone, that you looked at someone, and you've seen what's going on with them, and you decide, well, I'm, I'm better than that, or you've judged them in that moment. So we exalt ourselves above them. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells a parable of a Pharisee and a tax collector. And they go to the temple to pray, and the Pharisee says, God, thank you that I am not like them, the adulterers, the flanderers. And he even calls out that tax collector, at least I'm not like them. I pray twice a week. I give a tenth of what I've got. Thank you that I'm not like them. And at the same time, that tax collector was in the distance praying, and he didn't even look up to heaven, couldn't even raise his head. He just beat his chest and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus said that that day, that tax collector went home justified by God because he recognized his place. He humbled himself. I'm just a sinner. But that Pharisee who thought he was doing everything right in the middle of his prayer, sinned because he exalted himself above the people next to him. He looked at them and said, At least I'm not like them. I'm better than that. I heard a story recently about a woman who abused her children. She beat them. She injected them with methamphetamine. And I heard that, and immediately I was like, How dare she? How dare she treat innocent children like that? Who does she think she is to beat a child, to inject drugs into a child? How dare she? See, in that moment, I forgot who I am. I ignored the wretched things that I had done, and I counted myself better than her. Me, a woman who got pregnant at 25 decided that didn't fit with what I had going on and destroyed that life. Who am I to think that I am better than her? How dare me? The only difference between me and that woman is that I have a new life in Christ. My sins have been washed in his blood, and what I should have been thinking in that moment was I hope that she finds Jesus. I hope that she's redeemed, and this never happens again. But pride took me a different direction. We exalt ourselves above others. So how do we humble ourselves in light of that kind of pride? Well, first we have to recognize that all sin is a violation of God's will. There's no grading scale when it comes to sin. Like, you don't get a B when you lie, and I get an F when I murder There's no grading scale. It's pass, fail. You sin or you don't. And it's all the same in the eyes of God. So my sin might look more disgusting than your sin, but it's all sin. It doesn't make you better than me or me better than you. We are all a creation of God, unique in how he knit us together, but not really that much different, not better or worse, because when we're all stripped of the things that we Count better about ourselves. Like we look around, and we say, Well, I, I look better, I, I'm more educated, I, I have more, I'm nicer, I'm strip all those things away, and we are all the same, we are all just sinners in need of a savior. None any better than the other. The quickest way to humble yourself is to stop comparing yourself to fallen people and compare yourself to Jesus. Use Jesus as your measuring stick, and you'll realize really quickly that you're not better. Measure yourself against Jesus and strive to reflect his likeness. Strive to be more like him. Stop worrying about how you compare to the people around you. God's not looking at you going, you did better last week than he did. Great job. God's going, let me see how you compare to my son. Let me see how you're walking out the calling that I've given to you. Let me see how you're trying to do right by me. Not how you compare to everyone else. Another way that pride manifests itself in our lives is it denies our need for God. Do you ever find yourself thinking, I got this. I can can handle this. I'm all over it. Pride makes you think that you can navigate and overcome things that you were never intended to. If you look at Eve in the Garden of Eden, God clearly instructed Adam and Eve, do not eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then along comes the serpent, and he's like, surely you won't die. You'll just be like God, knowing good and evil. And Eve was like, I got this. I can handle that. I can know good. I mean, I can handle the wisdom that comes with eating this fruit. And she ate it, and she shared it with him, and immediately they were ashamed because they recognized their nakedness, and they covered themselves, and now they were separated from God. Pride makes you think that you can handle things you weren't intended to. And it causes divides in your relationships on earth, but especially a divide in your relationship with God because now you're carrying a load that he didn't intend for you to carry. What he meant was for you to give it to him. But pride keeps you from asking for help. Pride makes you go, I can look at a little bit of porn and it's not a problem. I can manage it. It won't get out of control. Pride tells you to hide your addiction because people will think less of you if they know what you're struggling with. How do we overcome this pride that keeps us from acknowledging our need for God. Do you ever find that your prayer life is like flat and faithless? Like maybe this sounds something like, God, help me have a good day. Help me pass this test. Help me not be a jerk to the people that I work with. Instead of your your prayers being, God, I'm struggling. I'm struggling in my sin. I'm struggling with temptation. I'm struggling with addiction, depression, anxiety, fear. I'm struggling in my faith, and I need you to step in and help me. How often are your prayers that raw and that real? Or is pride keeping you from saying, I need help, and I can't do this on my own? How do we overcome that kind of pride? Confess your failures, and your struggles. See, what Satan wants is for you to keep those in the dark, because when they're in the dark, he can use those to manipulate you and shame you and keep you down. But Satan has no power in the light. So bring those things to light. Bring those struggles and those fears and those sins and those temptations to God and say, this is where I'm at, and I need you to help me welcome help and accountability don't be afraid to admit to the people in your circle the people in your family the people in your ministry that you're struggling and that you need help welcome accountability find somebody that you trust and say this is what i'm going through and i'm giving you permission to speak into my life i'm giving you permission to call me out when i'm not doing it right And I need you to pick up the phone when I call you to tell you that I'm struggling. When I call you to say, hey, I'm I'm tempted to do this thing and I need you to talk me off the ledge. Find those people. Get over the pride that tells you you have to hide that stuff. That you have to keep it inside to avoid the shame of people knowing what you're going through. Because he will just continue to use it against you. And that is not... What God wants for you. Jesus did not die on a cross because we have it all figured out. Because we can handle it. No, he died to give us a, a direct lifeline to the only one that can handle everything that we face. The one that knows us best. The one that knows what we need. So don't cut it off. another way that pride manifests itself in our lives is that it values perception over purpose. Our purpose, all of us share the same purpose, and that is to honor and glorify God with our lives. But in our pride, our own image becomes more important than reflecting God's image. We take the focus off of him and we put it on ourselves and all of a sudden everything we do we see as a reflection of ourselves. The way that we look, where we live, what we do, who we spend time with, who we don't spend time with. We view all of it in light of how does this how does this make me look? How does this reflect on me? Then everything becomes about how people perceive us and not who people see in us. Pride takes our focus off of God and puts it on us. We even try to manage our image, whether it's filters on a picture whether it's just manufacturing this public persona so that we impress the people who are watching. It's all basically just a show to make us look the best that we can to other people. And it has nothing to do with showing them Jesus. Peter tried to do this. He tried to manage his image. If you remember, Peter was like Jesus' homeboy. He was like, I got you, bro. I'm with you all the way through to the end. It's me and you. And then as soon as Jesus was arrested, this angry mob was coming for him. What did Peter do? Three times denied him. I, 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 don't, I don't know him. I'm, I'm not with that. No, that's not me. I, that's not my people. Because what was the popular thing to do at that time? It was to oppose Jesus, and so Peter was managing his image. Well, I oh, don't, I don't want people to look at me funny. I don't want them to think any differently of me, so I'm just going to deny him. How often do we deny Christ to manage our image? How often do we skirt our calling because it won't look good to the people who are watching? How often does the perception of us trump our purpose for God? But Peter was not settled in the pride that led him to manage his image. Look at his words in 1 Peter, Peter 5, 5 through 6. It says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. The world tells us, fight for yourself. Promote yourself. Elevate yourself. And God says, humble yourself, and I will exalt you. How do we humble ourselves? Be okay with failing. Be okay with people not liking you. Be okay with being different. Welcome humility. That might sound kind of funny, but it's going to happen to everyone in this room. We're all going to be humbled at some point. Somebody's going to peek behind the curtain and see that we're not perfect. They're going to see the flaws. We're going to be exposed. So just welcome those moments. Last month at Women's Conference, we were talking about this very thing, and I shared with them that as a a pastor's wife and just a Christ follower in general, I feel this burden to make sure that my boys grow up to be be very godly little men. So I pray over them, I try to teach them and coach them and invest in them, and then we're in the doctor's office, and the doctor says, Maddox, you got to get a flu shot, and he says, are you going to stick it in my A? And I was like, "Um, you might think that he meant arm, but that is not what he meant. And in that moment, I'm like, you know what? I could, I could worry about what this doctor thinks. I'm like, oh my goodness, this, this is her kid. She's the pastor's kid. But I don't care. I don't care. Because regardless of what he thinks of me, God sees that I'm trying my best. He sees that my heart's desire is for them to love him with all of their heart, One of them just wants to cuss. (laughs) We'll work that out. We got some time, but welcome those opportunities to grow and to learn or just to laugh at yourself. It's okay because nobody is perfect. Nobody's going to get it right all the time, and it's okay to get it wrong. Be authentic. This is my favorite. This is my favorite because I hate fake. Nobody wants to sit across the table from someone or have a conversation with someone or be in relationship with someone and wonder, are they being their true self? Or why are they this way with me and this way with someone else? Or why are they this way on stage but not that way out there? Or this way in church but a different way at home? Just be authentic. Be who you are in every situation, all the time. Be you. It doesn't have to look like everyone else. It doesn't have to please everyone else. Just be true to who you are. Imagine how much freer it would be if there was not an image you were trying to manage, if there was not a standard you were trying to live up to, if you're just going, I'm a fallen person just trying to love Jesus and trying to love my neighbor, and sometimes I'm a hot mess, and I don't care if you see it. So I uh, fall into this trap sometimes, like uh, when people come to my house and there's uh, a basket of like half-folded laundry on the couch, or like little boys have left underwear or socks or something, something, or Fruit Loops on the floor, or Clayton's empty Oreo tray next to his chair, right? Or there's dirty dishes in the sink. And em- you know what? My what did I immediately say when someone walks in? <laughs> I'm sorry. So forgive me for this place. I'm sorry. What am I apologizing for? What I should say is, I'm so sorry. We live here. We wear those clothes. He eats all the Oreos all the time, and we ate off of those dishes, and they're still dirty. Like, who cares? It's not a museum. It's my home. This is where I live. What am I apologizing for? What am I trying to manage in that moment? This is just who we are. We're Oreo eating, sock throwing, dirty dish having, People, because we got stuff to do. We got sermons to preach. We got soap to eat. We got, you know, (laughs) we got stuff to do. So just be yourself. It's so freeing to just be yourself and just let people deal with that however they deal with that. It doesn't matter because only what God thinks of you really matters. And really, what you want to do is just. Manage how you reflect his image rather than managing your own image. Be okay with failing. Be okay with being a little bit of a mess. God can use your failures to minister to other people, but he can't do that unless you humble yourself to the point of sharing those failures with them. In 2 Corinthians 12, Paul is referring to the thorn in his side and how he has begged for God to remove it. And look how God responds in verse 9. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Don't be afraid to show people where you're weak. Just let them see Jesus in you. Stop worrying about how you're perceived and just put your focus on God. I could get up here tonight and I could be so concerned with what you think about the way that I look or the way that I speak or the message that I wrote, and honestly, none of that matters because what I'm doing right now is my offering to God. And all that matters is that he's pleased with it. That's it. Do you know how much freedom I find in that? Here, God, this is what I prepared for you and your people, and you do with it what you want, because I trust that no matter how good or bad I do up here, God will use my offering to bless you somehow, even if he has to speak different words in your ears. Even if it wasn't what I brought, he just speaks straight to your heart. God will use my offering. Those, that's what our lives should be, just our offering to God. Not what everyone else wants. No concern with what they think. Just here's my life, Lord. Use it. Use it to bless people. Use it to show people your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Even if it means showing my weakness and my failure and my shortcomings. Pride robs us of the freedom that Christ died to give us. The freedom from shame and from pressure. We don't have to have it all figured out because our God already does. We don't have to be perfect because we have a Savior who is, and when we are in him, we are covered by his blood. We have a God that says, bring your burdens to me. He'll carry them for you. Stop allowing Satan to use your pride to rob you of your freedom. It's time that we get over ourselves. It's time that we stop thinking that we're better than other people and recognizing that we're all just sinners. We're in this together It's time that we start paying more attention to our purpose than our perception. That our focus moves from us and back to where it should be on God. It's time that we get over ourselves. Stop trying to navigate sin and struggle on our own. Stop trying to manufacture what the world wants to see and just be real. Just strive in every way and every moment to reflect God's goodness. Stop allowing pride to rob you of your freedom. Jesus did not die so that we could remain in bondage. He died to give us a new, abundant life. And God says, humble yourselves and I will exalt you. We're going to close tonight in prayer. Before we do that, I want you to know that when, when I am done praying, there will be people on the sides up here and in the back. If you have something that you need to confess, something you're struggling with, if you just need prayer, if you need someone to, to be an accountability partner, whatever it is that God has put on your heart tonight, there are people in this room that are here to listen and to love, and to invest, and to pray, and to be here for you. So don't leave this room carrying the burden that you brought in, or you didn't hear anything that I said, because you were made to live in freedom. He died so that you could have it. Stop allowing the enemy to rob you of it. Lay those things down. Confess the failures, and just go, I'm Just like everyone else, I'm just a sinner. I just need a savior. And I just want my life to be a testimony to his goodness. If pride elevates us, where do you think humility would find us? The opposite. So what I want you to do with me tonight, whether it's where you are or you want to come up here, or wherever you want in this room, I want all of us to take on a posture of humility. And we're going to ask God tonight to start to change our hearts, to drive out the pride that's pushing us towards sin and away from him. So if you guys will stand, find a place that you're comfortable, we're going to get on our knees... And we're going to pray this together, because we're all in this together, no better, no worse, just together. If you want to, you can even put your head down
1: all the way to the floor. It's hard to be proud when your forehead is on the floor. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight humbled by your greatness, Lord humbled by the grace and the mercy that saves us from our wretched sin. God, remind us. Remind us, Lord, that we don't want to be that Pharisee. We want to be the tax collector that's just looking at you going, God, please have mercy on me, a sinner. I'm no better than anyone in this room than anyone in this world, Lord, just a sinner in need of your grace, God. And we're so thankful that you went to a cross to give that to us, Lord. So help us live a life in response to that gift. Help us live a life of authenticity, a life that points people to you and your grace and your mercy, Lord. Help us to be honest in our failures, Help us to lift each other up when we need it. Help us to be a support system. God, help us Help us to push past shame and to live in freedom, Lord. The freedom that you gave your son to give us, God. I want every person in this room to walk out lighter than they came in, God. To know that they are loved and they are redeemed that the life you intend for us is one that's not filled with shame and pressure, but just freedom. It's not about us, God. It's about you. May our lives be a reflection of you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.